Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Every single day of my life, you know, I try to maintain that same standard in everything that I do, that standard of excellence that's that's beat into us during training. And, you know, I feel like I owe it to um, guys who gave their lives, you know. Never quit. Never quit. Never quit radio. All right, everybody, welcome back to the TNQ podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Luttrell. Every week, it's my job to fire you up, to ignite the legend inside of you, and to push you to your greatness. Join me every week as I take you into my briefing room with some of the most hard-charging people on the planet. They're going to show you how to embrace the suck of life, teach you the values of working your ass off, and charge through whatever life throws at you. This is the Team Never Quit Podcast. Don't buckle up, Buttercup. Welcome back, everybody, to the Team Never Quit Podcast. As always, thank you guys for listening and watching, and please go hit that like and subscribe button wherever you get your show. So today, before we get to our very special guest, let us kick us off with the Patreon question of the day, which is, if you were one of those types of kids that like to sneak out of the house at night, where did you go? I never snuck out. Really? I never did. Yes, you did. I did not. I was too scared. Didn't you tell me you took your car? I definitely know one story. Yeah, right? No, I didn't sneak out at night. Oh, here we go. (laughs) I was grounded um, on a during the summer one year, and I took my great grandma's car. She had just died, and my mom was going to sell her car. This is actually a confession that my mom has never heard before. (laughs) Um, So I took her car out, just drove around, didn't even go anywhere, just drove around. But then I thought, oh, I have to put gas in it. So she doesn't notice that I had been driving around and I ended up, this was when the gas tanks were kind of like, there was one pump and then another pump, and but they were on like a raised concrete thing. I don't know what you would call that, like a shelf. And I was so nervous when I was turning out, I did like a hard cut and I seesawed over the middle and all these guys had to get up and pick the car up and move it. It was I never got caught though. How old are you? I was 15, 14 or 15. There you go. Did you ever sneak out? <laughs> so I never really had a sneak out. Um, but there I guess this is confession time for yeah, here we go. Great question. Yeah. Yeah. Our son. Yeah. So that'll be good. Yeah. Statue of limitations has passed. So <laughs> um it's a great way of referencing it too. There's a there was a few times where I may have slightly fibbed on where I went. Oh, I know. Everybody knows. I was tracking you. <laughs> but yeah, I I never had to sneak out because you would. I was always tracking you. Well, you would always let me go too. 
Yeah. We're horrible parents. <laughs> horrible parents is what she's saying. What about you, bro? I, you know, I, I think I, it was a double whammy for me. I remember sneaking out of the house to sneak a girl into the house mm. uh, so that I could hook up. And uh, I'll never forget, I got caught. Um, my mom came. It was like it was like one, two in the morning because I was waiting for my mom to go to sleep. And I snuck out and snuck this girl in. And uh, my mom came into the room at like two in the morning. And she was like, not in my house. <laughs> yeah. Oh, not my, in my gosh. House. I got caught. <laughs> was the girl so embarrassed? Oh my God. Yeah, she was. <laughs> and she had to find her way home at, at two in the morning, but I put her in a cab, you know. What a gentleman. What grade yeah. was that? Oh man, I had to be this, I had to be a senior in high school at the time. So that was either, I think I was 17 at the time. I was 17 oh. at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Seventh grade, I snuck out 2 a.m., me and a few of my buddies. Ran three miles, jumped in the water, swam 400 yards across the lake into another neighborhood, ran down the road a mile, knocked on the window, got one little peck on the cheek. That was as far as it would go back in the days. (laughs) Ran back down the road, swam back across the water, and ran another three miles back in the house. She makes you feel like a lucky girl. You about that? That was my. I I did that. Seventh grade. Almost got ran over by a bass fisherman, too. And you didn't get caught like me. <laughs> Future frog man, though. Yeah. There you go. Right? There you go. Women yes, across sir. Lake Cod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, that happened. I did that. Oh, my gosh. Since we're being full, complete transparency right now. Yeah. Well, uh, today we've got a really great guest for you guys. Remy Adeleke was born in Nigeria, then moved to the Bronx and later joined the Navy and then went to the Navy SEALs after that, where he specialized in combat medicine and human, which is human intelligence tradecraft. Remy is a writer and actor known for Ambulance, Special Forces, World's Toughest Test, and Plane. Welcome to the show, Remy. Hey, thank you for having me on. Welcome back to the show. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, Yeah, I, I... Here, here the last few months, man, I've been on this whole kick about acknowledging and seeing people who have lived the American dream. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what got me on that was I watched that Arnold documentary. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? And kind of, yeah. it, it sets a tone. It, if, if, you, if you've never actually seen anybody accomplish the American dream, it's, it's really exceptional, man. And, yeah. and you've done that. You did that. Absolutely. Just coming from where you came from into the SEAL teams, and I, I know we've already had you on in the backstory and everything like that, man, but yeah. just coming from, from where you did and having the – look, I, I was born here in Texas. All my family mm-hmm. were military and stuff like that, and I always had as a as a kid in my head, I was like, I never thought I could get anywhere like that. Yeah. You know, I never was like, hey, man, that would be the hardest thing to do. I, I couldn't – I wanted to be a Navy SEAL so bad, but I, yeah. I just thought that it was impossible just to even get there, Not not even the training. I'm yeah, talking about just yeah. to get in there. And yeah. I'm from here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, can't, I can't even imagine. I mean, just so the fact that you, I, I, hats off to you, man. I, I love Thank this you, story. Man. You're welcome. I mean, especially now. Yeah, what, man. What, what you're doing now. And my favorite thing is to see what our guys turn into. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. I was actually at the C4 Foundation um, banquet last night. And 
to con- see so many team guys who put me through training or guys who are now admirals and, 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 and guys who are out and doing other things and crushing it. I just felt like a sense of like healthy pride last night. And I was like, wow, like this is the community that was so blessed to be a part of, you know, these, these high achievers at the same time, humble guys who are just so disciplined. And it, it was just, it, you know, I haven't, I've been outside of that because I've been, you know, working in the film and TV business, but to come back and to be re-exposed to it, it's just, it's just an honor to be a part of the community and to see what guys are doing. And, and every single day of my life, you know, I try to maintain that same standard and everything that I do, that standard of excellence that's, that's beat into us during training. And, you know, I feel like I owe it to um, guys who gave their lives, you know, um, you know, uh, especially guys like, you know, Charlie Keating, who I went through buds with and, oh, yeah. uh, and, uh, you know, what did a, did a platoon with and, and, you know, everything that I do now is like, I want to be excellent because I want to honor their legacy and, 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 and our, all our brothers who you know, fought for our freedom so that we could have the life that we have and lives that we have. And man, I'm just so grateful to America, to America. I love America, man. I'm not ashamed to say it. I know people are like, so ashamed to say, oh, America, dude, America's freaking amazing, dude. And, you know, here's a crazy thing. I get messages every single week from not just Nigerians, but I get messages from Africans all around Africa who say, hey, please, mister, can you please get me into America? I want the American dream. I believe in the American dream. Can you please get me in? I'll join the military. I'll do whatever. And, you know, unfortunately, I, I, I don't have an answer for how they can get into the U.S. But it's so interesting how so many people outside of America see it and get it and love it and want it. But so many people inside of America are just so ungrateful. You know, so um, how about it's that? Frustrating, but yeah, it is yeah. How about it. that? That's yeah. when we learn it. And yeah, that's when you really appreciate being American. Is when you yeah. freaking leave, man. Yeah. Well, yeah. And when when you came on last time, I wasn't part of it, so I have my yeah. own question. The only place I've been to in Africa, Hunter and I went to Uganda. Okay. And where we went, it was like I mean, dirt. Ha- like mud houses like the houses yeah. were made up of um like p- compact mud brick kind of things mm-hmm. um is that anything like what you came from or did you live in like a neighborhood i live in so i live in lagos lagos is like the new york city of nigeria okay. of uh, and it's uh it's a lot of people don't know this but nigeria is a very very rich country um because there's so much oil in nigeria uh, natural gas, cocoa, gold, minerals. Um, I talked about this uh, on another podcast, but China has moved into uh, Nigeria along with other parts of Africa to mine a lot of the resources yeah, I heard that in too, Nigeria. Yeah. yeah, because there's so many resources. Unfortunately, it's just so much inherent corruption. Like there's corruption in every government to a certain level, but the corruption is so ostensible. It's so like overt. As a matter of fact, when I flew back to Nigeria in 2018, as soon as I got off the plane, the custom officer was like, do you have a, do you have a gift for me to pass through? And then you get into a cabin and you get pulled over and the cop's like, how much money do you have for me to keep going? It's like part of the system. And, you know, here in the U.S., when people are in a very poverty stricken area or grow up in an inner city, like I did in the Bronx, like the things that we look to, to get out is like sports, you know, rapping, you know, drug dealing, you know, all of these different things. But in Nigeria, it's politics. So kids from very young ages are groomed to 
become a politician because you can go into politics poor and come out a billionaire, not a millionaire, billionaire, because they just steal the resources. So the reason why Nigeria is in such a bad state, even though it is there are cities and there is there there is the rural, there are the rural areas as well, especially in the north where Boko Haram, they control a lot of the north, but in the more civilized parts like Abuja as well, it's very it's it's like they're like cities. Um, but the poverty is just so out of control because of the corruption. So it wasn't a huge culture shock shock moving to the Bronx from a city in Africa. Yeah, not at all. Not at all. Um, And and in part because of the fact we were so wealthy um, in Nigeria. We lived on a compound. We had nannies. We had drivers. We, I mean, we had absolutely everything until the Nigerian government pretty much, you know, long story short, took out my dad. And then, you know, once he was dead, we went from rich to poor and my mom brought us back to the state. So it wasn't, it wasn't too much of a culture shock. When did, when did the seal thing come across you? Um, you know, there were two, there were actually a few things, a few films that I watched. One was bad boys. That was, that was a film that kind of freaking good. Yeah. Yeah. That was the first one of the ones that helped mold me. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Man. You know, it was cool because I felt that was, you know, other than that, uh, that film, everything that I saw as related to African-Americans was hip hop related, you know? And so that's what I thought. That was the only thing I thought I could become was a rapper or a drug dealer. And, you know, I sold drugs and I rapped and I did that kind of thing. But it wasn't until I saw Bad Boys where I I was introduced to these two guys who maintain a little bit of who they were, but they were they were heroes. So that was the first time the exploration came uh, as it related to, man, I could do something other than selling drugs and or shooting baths, shooting hoops. And then a year later, The Rock came out or two years later, The Rock came out. And that was the film that really like put Navy SEALs on my radar because I had no clue who or what Navy SEALs were. And uh, that's when I was like, hey, if I ever turn my life around, that's what I'm going to do. And I was 15 at the time. And then I want to say a few months later or a year or so later is when the Buds 234 documentary came out. And that's kind of what solidified it for me. Yeah. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Rock got me. Yeah. Yeah, got you too. Got me too, man. They did a great job. We got our asses whipped in there, but yeah, you know, man. that's okay. Yeah. They, they did a yeah. great job. That Michael Bean, he, he plays a seal in a lot of movies, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I always thought he did a fast thing. Navy SEALs with, with Charlie Sheen got me the first one. Yeah. That that, that kind of hooked me in. And then okay. the silent option documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the we used to have blockbuster movies when we were kids. Yep. Yep. Remember that was that was a thing, man. And you yep. waited for those. And when they came out, you the sound and everything. 
it yeah. will get you in and yeah. that that sucker bit me too man and i it just it was like a non-stop thing right after yeah. that it's like everything just perpetuated like hey here, here we go yeah man yeah and then you know you know another film i can't remember what year it came out i think it was like 2001 but black hawk down um when i, I saw that yeah. too i was just like yeah they did a great like, job on that one they yeah did a great job on yeah that one. yeah that was so. the first uh movie that i saw where i wanted to read the book after yeah. i saw the movie and i was young but uh yeah. i actually went and bought the book afterwards and read the whole i was book brand new when that it. came out they made us uh, watch it they they made the whole platoon go watch it and i remember this was before any combat i did yeah. And I remember watching those guys shoot over their heads and yeah, the guy yeah. screaming because he was going deaf. Yeah. And then just the little stuff that they put in there, that stuff actually happens. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. guy can't see driving the Humvee. Yeah. That's happened to us, dude. Yeah. I mean, so they did a, you can't, when, you, when you're in the middle of it, and I mean, just everything is just coming down on you. you whatever happens to us in that, yeah. we're, try, we're just trying to get through that. You want to yeah, talk man. about some chaos and comedy and everything in between, man. Yeah. Yeah, it creates it creates lasting memories for sure, brother. How about that? For sure. Yeah. So you must have gone in after 9-11 and you were in yeah. New York at 9-11? Yeah, I watched the towers come down. I was uh I was in my apartment with my mom asleep, and my mom woke me up and she said, We're under attack, we're under attack, turn on the news. And uh turned on the news, and sure enough, you know, the towers were on the news. They hadn't they hadn't fallen yet. And we, you know. All we heard was sirens back and forth, you know, fire on the street where we were. I mean, there were police cars, fire, fire uh, trucks just racing back and forth. forth. And then it was a friend of mine. Um, uh, she lived in the building next to mine. And our buildings had 17 floors. They went up 17 floors. And so me, I went on her roof and we were able to see the towers from the roof because we're now, you know, the roof 18 floors up. And so saw the smoke, saw it all. And her cousin was in the windows of the world. And she was trying to call her cousin. Um, Her cousin had two little girls and she couldn't get through. Um, And then we watched the towers come come down from the roof. Both of them come down and they never found her cousin. Um, so that was that was my connection to it to to 9-11. It was a very personal connection. But one thing I do remember is um I just remember the city just coming together in a way um that I never saw before, man. It was it was just so beautiful. Uh the, the beauty that came out of the tragedy was was so 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 cool to witness, but it was it was horrific, man. It was horrific. But interestingly, um when I went to go join the Navy, I didn't know I had two warrants out for my arrest. And um, the recruiter, Tiana Reyes, God bless her soul, um, she ran my background, found out that I had the two warrants, took me to the judge in New York, uh, told him, hey, this guy's trying to join the military after the act of war. Uh, the judge said, all right, you know, we'll, we'll expunge this record. He just has to pay court fees and court fines. And then she drove me to the judge in New Well, that was the judge in New Jersey. And then she drove me to the judge in New York. And the, and the and the courthouse was it was like three or four blocks from the t- from where the twin towers were standing, and and this is uh this is July of two thousand and two, and it was still cleanup, there was still search, so there were parts of that area that was that was still kind of uh, cordoned off, but um that you know the recruiter Mark Tiana gave the same speech to the to the judge, 
And he was like, all right, this guy's serious about joining uh, the military after that act of war, especially when the war started, like a few blocks from here, will expunge his record. So 9-11 played a role in, in me getting into the military. And, and, and you know, so um, it's bittersweet for sure. Yeah. Wow. What a great story. Yeah. Freaking recruiters, man. They can get, they can talk somebody into anything. Yeah, man. You know what yeah. I'm talking about? Like they got us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the suckers yeah. got us, man. They got well, us. I needed to. I needed to get God. Otherwise, <laughs> no, no. I'll, yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just yeah, say about no, she, she died of um, autoimmune disease two years later, which oh. is sad. But um, you know, her daughter has become like my daughter. She's in college now, and uh, in, in Maryland, so we're close, and so so it's, it's kind of worked itself out. Wow. So when yeah. you were in the teams, at what yeah. point did you? start to gain an interest in like the behind like in film i know that everybody in the teams watches movies for yeah. therapy and yeah. just therapy yeah yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. i know that um, movies are a huge part of the culture yeah. in the seal uh-huh. teams but at what point did you decide okay i want to write one or i want to be in one or it, it wasn't when i was in the teams i got out and 2016 i was in this um i was getting my mba um like not my mba but my master's in uh organizational strategies a business degree um when i was out when i was get when i was i got out january 2016 so i was in school i was in my, like my first semester and my goal was to go into business consulting full-time um i was working with some individuals that my my wife um is are is close to uh where they you know they do business consultable YPOs, and so I was kind of doing that, and that's why I was pursuing my my master's. Oh, yeah. yeah, I know who they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good dudes. Great yeah. group of dudes, and um, and so I just got a phone call one day. You know, I got a phone call one day to work on uh on Transformers, and uh, the last that's night right. Was, yeah, that's when you started. I remember yeah. that. Now, okay, yeah, okay, that's yeah. how that happened. Yeah, and that was that was uh that was five months after I got out. Again, it wasn't something I was pursuing, and then work with your with your uh, twin, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's him. Yeah, yeah. he and, plays me. Uh, he plays me on TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, dead ringer for sure, brother. Hey, man, let me uh, tell you something. I don't know yeah. how. God bless our guys who, because when we started trickulating out, it was almost like we didn't have anywhere to go, and our imagination carried us. So it was like ones and yeah. twos just went in there, and then when you guys started taking over yeah. there. During that, because I, I would always yeah. hear about, I was like, "Hey, those transformer sets, man, they're crawling with team guys." Yeah, yeah, yeah they are. They are. Yeah. So it was say Harry Humphreys, Kevin Kent. How about I them guys? Oh, dude, those freaking guys right there, man! Yeah. I had awesome time up there. I had yeah. a blast. So I know yeah. you did, man, because we yeah, had a good time anywhere we go. Yeah, yeah. So that so started. That, that started it off right there. That started it off. I started working on that, and then, um, and then I got hired to work on two commercials with Peter Berg. Actually, one was an Army commercial, and one was a uh, like a T-Mobile commercial. And then I just started doing more consulting. Bay brought me back for six underground to not act and just be the consultant. And he's good about then, that. Yeah, man, he's he's Pete, a good, Pete's good about that. Peter Berg, man. That, yeah, I mean, I I got such a good guy. I'm gonna talk shit about him. <laughs> You know, they got yeah. him up there. Some of them are yeah. great. He's one of yeah. them. That's yeah, man. Guy. Uh, that's, so yeah. Michael's like that as well. Yeah, Michael's like that. He's super pro-military, loves team guys. You know, he wants things to be as as authentic as possible. Um, he, like, he treats, 
he, I mean, he, I know he treated me as a consultant, like, you know, he treated any. I've never heard anything yeah, other than that's right. I've always heard that, too. Yeah. Yeah. And so, it was, you know, that was when I, I started, you know, at the same time, I started getting into the human trafficking thing on the side. I was working with a few well, volunteering with a few different human trafficking nonprofits. And uh, when I got, I got back from a trip to, uh, in the DR in, in January 2018, and that was right when, as soon as I landed, I had a bunch of missed calls from Michael Bay's producing partner, Mike Case. And he was like, hey, Bay wants to hire you for his next film as a consultant. And he wants you to start training the actors. And it was after I got off the call that it was like these two worlds collided, the world of human trafficking and the world of, of filmmaking. And that's when I decided to really start pursuing. I already started writing films, uh, got into the WGA. Uh, and, uh, and, and so that's when I was like, you know, I want to write and direct something around human trafficking specifically organ harvesting because there's a lot of sex trafficking stuff out there uh which falls under the banner of human trafficking but there's not a lot of organ harvesting stuff out there so that's when i kind of uh, started my, my journey into because uh, that's filming. crazy as shit that is so oh crazy. yeah yeah it's nuts it's i mean nuts. thank god it's not i mean we we talk about some of this. I you know we're in a bro after everything that we've been through and we've seen some of the stuff that we see i'm like hey you know yeah. The only yeah. time I've ever seen anything about organ harvesting is on Criminal Minds. I, I yeah. went on a binge watch of Criminal Minds and there were a couple of episodes that had something like that. But it doesn't even yeah. seem real because you never hear yeah. it from anything else. You never oh, hear man, about it. We got it some all. human predators out there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's real. It's real. It's a, it's a multi-billion dollar industry. Um, my short film, The Unexpected, which is on YouTube now. It kind of is based on true events. It's not completely true, but it's based on true events around an international organ harvesting ring. I did a lot of research and, and interviewed a lot of different people. Um, one guy in particular who was uh, trafficked from uh, uh, Venezuela to Colombia, Colombia to Mexico with the promise of getting snuck into America. And he was exposed and he was captured and essentially trafficked along with women and children. Um, and so it's very, very real. Um, Egypt is considered the organ harvesting capital of the world. There's a lot of organ harvesting going down. Down on the Mexican border, you have American um, doctors and nurses uh, who may have dual citizenship, may not, that are, uh, when they find out somebody needs a specific organ in the U.S., they relay that message to, to organ harvesters down in Mexico and they make a deal happen and, and that or that organ transplant happens. So that's, that's um, our doctors doing that? Not all of our doctors, but there are some corrupt doctors uh, that are along the American border that are playing a role in, in um and you know providing intelligence to organ harvesters that is so messed so up so they know who and when uh needs to get organs yeah vice vice actually did a whole story on it if, if people look oh sure vice, hey, we're not uh, talking it's not chumps doing that either america mexico yeah yeah we're not talking yeah, about poor a, folks doing yeah, it it's a lot i'm sorry we're not talking about poor people doing that either that's no, a, no, 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 game. no, no, it's a, it's a rich person's game. As a matter of fact, there was a, um, organ harvesting ring that was busted in Cairo in 2015 and of the 60 people arrested, the majority of them were doctors and nurses. Yeah. Uh, very intelligent people. Also, there was an, uh, there was a, there's a story, uh, it was an international story that came out. I want to say in 2018, there was a woman in, um, in India, she was in a, I forgot what part of India she lived in. She was in a very low caste system and she received an email uh, saying, hey, we have a job for you in um, in New Delhi. And she traveled to New Delhi. Uh, 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 the employer, I say that in air quotes, uh, told her, hey, uh, in order for you to start your cleaning job, you have to go get a physical tomorrow. And so she went to go get a physical 
got undressed. The nurse told her to get undressed. She got undressed as she was getting undressed. She overheard the nurse on the other side of the room say to the doctor, hey, this is the girl who's given these particular organs. And knowing that organ harvesting and, and organ trafficking is a big thing in India, she got up, got dressed, ran out, and uh, she went and uh, uh, alerted the police. And they uncovered a multi-million dollar organ harvesting ring that had been going on for a number of years. And again, the, 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 the people that were involved in this a large number of them were, were doctors. And on top of that, um, I can't remember if it was this story, but there was a Nigerian engineer. Uh, I hate to hate to kind of bring that up, but he was a web developer. He created this very intricate website where people can go, traffickers can go and make and match um, organs in India. He also got arrested as well. But we're not dealing with idiots. We're dealing with no. very intelligent people. I feel like that's when we should bring back Hammurabi's code. Yeah, and man. say, hey, man, if you took that, if took something from them, we're going to have to take it from you. From Exactly. Uh, if our, exactly. our doctors, the ones, the white coat, the ones we're yeah. supposed to rely on doing that. Yeah. yeah. There is yeah. the Hippocratic oath. I don't know if it oath, applies yeah. anywhere. I know you know what it is, man. Right? Yeah. We, if they harped on us about that thing. Yeah. And, you, and, and they took the full oath. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, man. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. I have a yes. question about the organ harvesting. When they're doing that, are they, this is probably a stupid question. Is the person dying that is doing it or are they actually sort of surviving this so every situation is different it depends so every story is different there are this there are are people who are unwitting uh uh victims but then in some cases you have people who are winning victims who have been manipulated in a sense uh, for example what happens in cairo egypt a lot is a lot of migrants from other parts of africa and even other parts of the middle east try to get to Egypt so they can use Egypt as a way to cross into Jordan or to cross into, you know, get into Europe in some, um, you know, get, get to Europe. And so a lot of these migrants will get stuck in Egypt. And so traffickers will find these very poor um, uh, uh, migrants and essentially say to them, hey, I know somebody that needs a kidney. If you're willing to sell your kidney to me, because I know you're very desperate right now, then I will get you moved into Italy or I'll get you moved into Jordan. I'll get you moved into fill in the blank. And so that's, that's, a, that's a, an example of a, of a winning um, uh, victim. But then when you have the unwitting victim, like the woman that I mentioned in India, you know, that's, she was told, Hey, you're coming up here for a job. And they were going to take her organ. There was a, an American woman who traveled down to DR to get a tummy tuck. And the, the uh, plastic surgeon put her under, um, provided the procedure. She, the anesthesia wore off after the procedure was done. She came to, flew back to Texas, I believe. I believe she was from Houston, Texas, and she wasn't feeling well. 
And for a number of days, finally, she went to the doctor and said, I'm not feeling well. I'm just feeling nauseous. I'm feeling really fatigued and weak. And the doctor ran a bunch of different tests. And finally, the doctor did a, I can't remember if it was an MRI. I think it was an MRI and found that she had one kidney. And he said to her, do you know you have one kidney? She's like, no, I should have two kidneys. So the plastic surgeon during the surgery in DR took her kidney. And he already had a match and he sold that kidney to, to that match. So if there are there are a lot of different scenarios. There's not there's there's not a one specific scenario where um somebody, you know, it's not there's not just one scenario. Right. Another 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 international story that I'll I'll touch on really quick. There was a, a woman in Mexico that flew to, I believe, Peru, and she met this this guy on uh, a dating app, fell in love. He got her to Peru. He was, a, he was in medical school and, um, she went missing, uh, a few weeks later, her body parts washed up on, on a beach. And this dude was selling her organs on, it was found when they did, after they did the investigation, he was selling her organs on social media. So the, through DM sections. So he cut her up and killed her. He murdered her. So there are a lot of different situations. And again, all of these stories that I'm bringing up are open source. Um, people just have to kind of search sometimes or just type it. But it's, it's happened. There's more reporting coming out on it now because traffickers have now are, are becoming a lot smarter. They've realized that, you know, it's a lot safer for me to, to traffic and potentially kill somebody and take their organ to sell it and burn the body and be done with it than it is to traffic women and kids and even men oh, in yeah. some cases Alive. sexually. Yeah. Because you got to take yeah. care of them and there's, yeah, oh I get that. Gosh, yeah. that is yeah. nuts. So what was, what's yeah. the name of your YouTube? The... Yeah. So it's called the unexpected. So that is, uh, that's on YouTube now. Um, uh, the unexpected. And then, um, um, the feature film is called unexpected redemption. So, um, G base is producing it. Um, which is draw Butler's production company. And then, um, how about that guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a good dude. He's dude, a good dude. Man. Yeah, yeah. 300 changed my life. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Oh my yeah. gosh. What a crazy freaking story. Can you believe we do that to each other? No. Can yeah, we do that? Yeah. Good for you for telling it too and getting it out for people to. Uh, you know, we got a special place in hell reserved for those. 100%. 100%. 100%. Oh gosh. Okay. Yeah. So from there, um, what other films have you been working on after that? Uh, after the unexpected, I yeah did a, uh, uh, a, a as far as on the in front of the camera, behind the camera. Whatever you're more passionate about talking about. Oh, I'm more passionate about the behind the cameras. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to uh, ask you. What, what do you What do you like better? You like being behind the camera now? Uh, I love storytelling. So I love you know taking a taking an idea from the beginning, writing out the screenplay, and then rolling a camera and, and shooting it. You know, I love that. Even if it's, even if I'm not rolling camera, even if I'm just writing the script or writing the pilot for a TV series, that's where my passion is. I'm fascinated with this because yeah. the job that you got coming out of teams and where we came from, yeah. just, just being a team guy is an exceptional thing. But even now, and, and I know directors and actors, and that is a, a, a difficult yeah. job. I mean, and people, I can't even imagine that you got that done. Yeah. I mean, what yeah, do you tell somebody who thinks like that? Like, hey, how do you how do, how'd you do that? Yeah. yeah, man, it's it's a tough business to be in, man. It's like uh I tell my business partner all the time, I'm like, oh, are we sure what we want to keep telling this, dude? Because <laughs> it's just a super, it's a very tough 
business to be in, but, you know, just that no quit attitude that um, came from, from who I was before I came, before I went to Buds and then after that, and then the teams, it's just stay with me, you know? So is your, when you're doing a passion project like that, do you rather do true storytelling or the fictional thrillers? Yeah, um, it, for me, it's all, it, it, it depends on the message. So it's all about the message for me. Like, I don't like to tell stories where there's absolutely no core message that people uh, will not walk away with. I truly believe that if we're asking somebody to invest their time, uh, whether it's two hours in a movie theater, whether it's 30 minutes on on a YouTube movie, short film or whatever, or whether it's, you know, an hour TV show, we're asking them to invest their time that they should be able to get something in return. That's just my philosophy as a storyteller. And so, um, so I'm passionate. It's all about the story for me. Um, you know, it's what message can impact uh, people the most. And sometimes that could be through a fiction story, you know, um, and sometimes that may be through a nonfiction story. Um, so that's that's kind of how I weigh weigh my options and weigh when I can't wait for y'all to get back, start making some great movies again. I know. Yeah, yeah, man. I yes. mean, the ones that we grew up on where, yeah. where you could watch a human do something and you're like, hey, yeah. I, I think I could do that or yeah. I can't do that. But obviously he can. And there was something about don't get me wrong. I love the Marvel yeah. movies. I love all that. Yeah. But when we were growing up, they were different. Yeah. 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 Our heroes are different. Our heroes are different. And I will say that when it comes to fiction, I'm all about grounded fiction. I'm not about like, uh, again, as you said, no offense to Marvel and DC and that stuff. I love superheroes and, and there are some superhero movies I, I, I really like and, and I get inspired by myself. But for me, it's all about the grounded story that may be fiction. Because as you said, you know, like, just thinking back to like uh, you know, films with Sylvester Stallone back in the day. And, man, don't even uh, get me started about our guys. Like it's the whole thing. Yeah, man. Tango and Cash. Absolutely. Yeah. Those two. I there's the we had Bruce Willis, man. We yeah, had, Bruce Willis. Dude, we had a Die Hard. Oh God, man. <laughs> Chappie just molded us. Don't get me like we said, yeah. man. I, I watched Spider Man and everything and the Superman, yeah. but when you saw those dudes roll out, yeah. like, damn man. Yeah. They just yeah. got it, they got it done. They look cool yeah. doing it. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I just thought it was a great time to to, to grow up when we Yeah, did. man. They, Absolutely. I, I want to get back to that, man. It's like, yeah. you know, even now with films, it's like they just made like you know, stuff so woke and like they add all this stupid stuff in it and my opinion on that is like the people who you want to come watch that they ain't gonna watch it anyway they're not gonna, right. they ain't gonna want to watch it anyway right. you know right. what i mean so so why keep making something for people who are not even gonna watch it you know just make a good cool story you know yeah. with linkedin jobs we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. So yeah. what is, um, where, where did your story, The Chameleon, come about? Yeah, so the chameleon is um, a new book. Uh, uh, it, I was it actually, I actually, 
the idea came to me when I was on a deployment in 2010. I was uh, overseas and, and running sources in the Middle East and helping build uh, uh, intelligence packages for DAs that our team would do. And um, and I just started thinking, I was like, yo, it would be cool. And I, because I had to be a chameleon, so to speak. I had to be a, I had to be a you know, Abu for one source, I had to be Abu Ibrahim for another source, I had to be a different person for every different source. And then I had to be a different person while I was briefing my OIC, but then I had to be a different person while I was briefing a, you know, a level three or somebody above me. So I had to essentially be a chameleon. And I was just like, huh, that is a cool concept. I don't think I've ever come across a, a type of spy film where it's more on the nose how a person is able to transition or blend into different characters as, as a chameleon. And then that idea blossomed even further when I went to the Lee Strasberg Theater and Film Institute and uh, I studied I studied there for a bit. And uh, I remember there was a teacher there who um, she was trying to get an actress, a couple actors and actresses to cry. And she said to them, she was like, it shouldn't be so hard to cry. You should just be able to cry. She said, watch me. This is how you do it. And she literally put her hand like up here above her forehead. And then she rubbed her hand down past her eyes. And as soon as her fingertips left her eyes, she was bawling, crying. Like, it was like she just turned on the switch. Was she loaded her hand or something? Sound like she I don't know what she did. I don't know if she had pepper on her hands I or what. I said but, something loaded. Yeah, it was hot sauce, it was sriracha. But, dude, she was bawling, crying. And then she was like, and now it's time for me to stop. And she just snapped her finger and stopped. And I was like, wow, it'd be cool to put that into this, you know, to add that to this whole chameleon where, it's, you know, this is a person is a very well-trained method actor, but still an operator and still able to blend into these different characters. So that's kind of how the idea formulated even more so. And then I wrote the screenplay first and then that got picked up by a, by a major producer in a studio. And I went through about nine months rewrites on that. And then after those rewrites, uh, um, my uh, 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 they tried to get an actor attached, that actor attached, but his value fell through. It was an incident, so it didn't work out. And then the rights to the screenplay reverted back to me. And then I was like, all right, might as well just do this as a book and got a book deal. And that's kind of how it all came about. But it's uh, um, the character is very loosely based off of me. I call it a fictional extension of my, my first book, Transform, which was my memoir. I think we talked about that last time I was on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's just a fictional extension of that. It's, you know, the characters from Nigeria, just like I was from Nigeria. Instead of his dad, instead of his dad being an engineer like my dad, his dad was in the Nigeria mafia. So we're able to kind of, we have these flashback chapters that go back to the to his beginnings, and and so we're able to really dive into the world of corruption in Nigeria, but then also flashback to the to, to the main story. Um, so it's uh, it's a really cool cool story. It's kind of part of the it's CIA a great concept too. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it's a brilliant way to point out what's going on too. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. One hundred percent, one hundred percent, and also on top of that, the, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I, I uh, I'm all about um, telling stories that have a message, and so one of the core messages, which is the underlying theme, it comes more to the forefront towards the end, is the importance of like you, national unity, you know, national unity, and and in the book, one of the main drivers of national disunity is a politician. You know, he's intentionally trying to keep the country divided because he wants to maintain his base. And yeah. so a big part of this is is, is, is the importance of essentially extending an olive branch at times and, and, and trying to create conversation, not trying to make decisions 
you know, just for someone's self-interest, but make decisions for the greater good of, of the entire nation. And that's how we have something. I'm trying not to give away too much, but 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 it but it, it, it comes more to the forefront towards the end of the book. What are you enjoying more? You like the writing better or you like the behind to making the movies? Like directing it. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, well, to me, the writing is part of the behind the scenes. So, uh, you know, I, I, I love it all together. I love taking a project from, from inception to shooting, rolling cameras and shooting it, you know? Um, awesome. so I, I love that process of it. Um, it's therapy for me, you know, as sure. you know, you know, with the stuff that we went through and, and, uh, you know, uh, it's, 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 it's good therapy for me. The writing side of it is very good therapy for me. And then getting onto set is like, I feel like I'm doing my job, <laughs> you know, now at that point. Oh, yeah, over. pulling it out of there. Because all the yeah. substance is in the is in the writing. I still, yes. They, yes. they didn't really get on to us too much about that. When I yeah. just did that, because uh, every, oh, well, we got to carry those notebooks in the teams every morning. You got to write yeah, all yeah. what you're supposed to do. And I kind of started there. Yeah. And then just kept doing it. It's a good way to take what's in here and put it on, put it down in front of you because it looks different. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It, it looks com- completely different. And then when you read it back to yourself, it sounds different. Yep, 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 yep. Some table right? reads, man. Table reads a key. Table reads a key. <laughs> That's awesome. It's a little tidbit that I got taught. I think there's a lot of things, and this is another great part about when our guys get out. I hate that they separate us. Yeah. The team guys yeah. aren't supposed to be alone. It's supposed to be yeah. two of us at all times. So yeah. when they separate us, yeah, you know, it's almost as if like, hey, if you guys are as good as you think you are, man, we're going to see, right? And yeah. so every guy got cast out into these different directions and now we're getting back with each other i'm like hey bro hey what'd you have to do <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? and some yeah. of us got put in the same arena which is yeah, great man. Yeah. which is great yeah and um I, I just think now that we're having the chance to come back and teach the young guys that are coming through us yeah again that, again, that trident is huge deal man yeah yeah, I, yeah. I, i'm starting to i mean yeah it was cool what we got to go do but now i'm realizing more and more man it's an identifier of who you get to roll with yeah absolutely absolutely and again, yeah, I was last night, I was at this banquet and that was something that was really cool, you know, to see master chiefs and admirals and retire master chief and, and then talking about the trident and talking about brotherhood. And it was surreal. I was, I had, I said to myself, I was like, dude, like I've been a part of this community. Man. Right. Like, that happened to me. Yeah. I was like, damn, it was cool. That's it's yeah. a great job, man. <laughs> yeah. I, and you think that going in, and it is. Yeah. I mean, when yeah. we're in, you think it, but when you get out and you start like people will send me stuff, I forget yeah. I forgot a lot of stuff that we that we say and that we have in yeah. our heads and stuff like that. And it'll come across some you'll run across some dude, man. He'll say something like, Man, I had forgotten about that. But yeah, that's man. freaking yeah. good stuff. 
Yeah. Another crazy, another thing that came to mind last night too was, you know, cause there's all this, you know, unrest around the world now, you know, especially what's going on in the Middle East. And um, I've gotten messages from people saying, oh, I'm worried, you know, about here at home and I'm worried about the, and, you know, fear breeds fear sometimes and calm breeds calm. And, uh, you know, my wife, you know, she gets concerned and stuff. And, you know, so I, obviously I try to stay calm and all of that. But one thing being at that event last night reminded me was like, our brothers, we have brother, new brothers that are still holding the line and yep. they, they are trained to the, to the same level, if not a better level than us. Uh, and they have great equipment and they are disciplined and dedicated. And with those guys out there doing what they're doing, like I, this came to my mind last night. I was like, there's no need to fear. Mm-hmm. There's no need to fear knowing the type of guys that we have been a part of that's out there doing, you know, doing justice. And yeah. so we can sleep good at night, you know? That's awesome. Yeah. I tell Man, I've been telling people, they're like, hey, you yeah. kind of worried about us getting attacked. I was like, I get yeah. that. Yeah. I was like, everyone else has been training to fight. Yeah. Americans have been fighting two wars for the last yeah. 20 years. So let me tell you something. What else will happen? Yeah. If you show up over here, you just think you're going to fight a regular army. I have the worst <laughs> nightmares yeah. you can freaking imagine living out. I mean, exactly. I'm talking everything from a predator to Michael Myers to Freddy yeah. Krueger show up. <laughs> Every superhero, Batman, redneck with a tractor. Yeah. Every horror movie you've ever seen, you will see them walking yeah. around. <laughs> yeah. If you come over here, it won't. It, people can't. They yeah. have no idea what lives. No in idea. Here. No idea. I try to. Str- I mean, I really try and stress yeah. that. And then, yeah. uh, even Marcus's mom, that is a seventy-five-year-old uh, white-haired woman, yeah. will kick your ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Literally, got to fight every house. Like when you yeah. come in here, man. It, it's yeah. Weird. And then the terrain would change, and then the people would change, and how they yeah. fight you will change. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's good. It's, it's, yeah, it's a yeah. Instant regret, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. As soon as they get over here, I'll be like, uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Because yeah. we have rules. Yeah. 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 They, we've had rules on us our entire lives. Yeah. Yeah. If that happens over here, those will go away. Yeah. Real quick. Real so quick. When, when does Chameleon come out? Uh, the, well, the book's out now. Um, the short film is um, the short film's on YouTube now. So I took I took two chapters from the book and adapted it into a short film. So people can go see that on my YouTube channel along with the unexpected. And I just finished writing the TV pilot for the TV series. Um, so um, we're hoping to, you know, I got a, I got an email that's going out as soon as we finish up this podcast to a major actor to see if he would come on board to play the lead role. So yeah, man, that's uh, that's where that is right now. And then Unexpected Redemption is is where we're casting now that the strike's over. We're going out to talent in the next two weeks, uh, which Unexpected Redemption is a sequel to Unexpected, so that, that way we can hopefully get in a production early 2024. So they're getting the fire lit back in them, right? They're getting back in there? Yeah, the strike. The writers and everybody, yeah. Marcus was saying, I don't think he's been in D.C. I've been, I've been off the grid for a little bit, man. The strike's over and everyone's heading back in, right? Yeah, everybody's there. Strike's over. Um, the WJ strike ended uh, first week of October, and the actor strike just ended two days ago. And so everyone got what we, they needed, hopefully, so we can keep going. And just, Yep, yep. Okay. Everybody got what they needed. Okay. Everybody got what they needed. That's so. awesome. Well, what else yeah. can we talk about with what you've got going on? Yeah, so there's um, two projects. One is uh, which Tenderfoot TV is uh, called Downrange. It's a, a narrative podcast series um, that, uh, that, that highlights 
um, stories of, 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 of uh, war fighters, men and women war fighters. The first episode came out with Sergeant Henryman, came out last week. He's four Purple Hearts sniper. Uh, in the army, I believe he was in the Green Berets. And then um, the episode that just released yesterday uh, is an episode featuring uh, uh, Will, Will, Will Chesney, um, who was on a, a, a dog handler at, uh, at Damn Neck. Uh, and uh, and he, so he talks about his story, his struggles after he got out of the military, uh, but then also Operation Neptune. Um, and so, you know, it's it's not just, it's not a podcast like, of us just you know one person interviewing another person uh it's a it's a very immersive podcast so there's sound effects there's music there's actors that are uh ad-libbing or you know adding to uh the subject's story so it's it's when you put plug in your earphones you really feel like you're that's good man you're in the middle of the story yeah so so you're putting depth in it that's great because it started off yeah it started off regular and that when you start putting the depth in there and catching yeah. everybody in that way, man, that's that's amazing. That's yeah, a, that's uh, really cool. Yeah. yeah. So that's uh, that's our episode two just dropped yesterday. Next week is uh, Jason Redman's episode. Nice. Um, so that, that he deserves drops. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So his that's drops next guy, Thursday. Just watching uh, um, all the SF and the military shows that are coming out, and then you have yeah. the civilian populace integrating in with us. Yeah, I think the absolutely. fact when we started doing that, like really bringing them to. Because uh, last past generations, they never did that. They didn't talk yeah. to it by, by design, maybe by societal norms, whatever. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, man, the GWATs, once we step back in here, man, yep. we just started consuming. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's really beneficial to our people, too, man, because it reminds them how tough they are. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They're not freaking weak. Yeah. Freaking tough. Exactly. Amen. Amen. And, 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 you know, it's a double-edged sword. It also, you know, I'm sure as you know, it's a freaking recruitment crisis right now to get people into the oh, military. Oh yeah, I heard about, it. you know, and so, uh, you know, I feel like this stuff is important to, um, to show people, you know, to hear, so people could hear uh, our guys and, and gals stories so that they could get inspired and say, you know what? Maybe I'll, I'll join the military. I'll give it a shot. Maybe I'll maybe I'll serve. You know, um, I got another show that comes out tomorrow on Veterans Day called Beyond the Battlefield on on History Channel, and uh, it's, it, we have it's Peyton Manning is produces executive producing a show, and and it gives an in depth look into the first two episodes. One is with the Green Berets at, at Camp Liberty. The other one is with um uh, at, at Miramar with the uh, uh at, at the top gun school and and the purpose of that again is to give to, to expose yeah. young people and that was the only reason why i signed up for the show to expose the next generation so they could raise their hand and say oh you know i never saw the military like that or from this pov let me give it a shot because oh sure man when you yeah. tell it from their perspective like i hey, tell yeah. me what you look like when you were a kid because there's another yeah. kid out there in the same spot thinking that he can't go anywhere and if he sees himself on tv and just sees a little Absolutely. piece of that go- i mean Absolutely. that's all it takes that's yep. why we like on ours, we like going into a backstory because there's someone out there that can relate mm-hmm. to that backstory. I mean, look and... how exceptional your story is. No yeah. one would yeah. anticipate that you came from where you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. I don't know how we dropped that part where, yeah. like, hey, man, this, yeah, I, we got here, but damn, it went freaking easy. And we came out yeah. from the, the spot everybody else did. It's yeah. just know that you can do it. Exactly. And then exactly. all we do is and then just give them an example. That's it. That's it. 
You know, no, there's no excuses. You know, I tell young people, I don't want to hear, you know, I, I go back to inner cities all the time and I'm like, and, and speak. And I have a charter school that I started up in Muskegon, Michigan. It's right in the inner city of Muskegon. And I try to tell my kids, I said, you guys have absolutely no, no excuse. There's no reason why you cannot be something or be somebody like the freedoms that this country provides and the opportunity and the different paths that can self set you up. Even if you're, you're lacking from an education standpoint, you can go into the Marine Corps, you can go into the Navy and, that, and you can learn principles. I know that if I went to college out of high school, I would have freaking got crushed. Oh, <laughs> because absolutely. I didn't, yeah. yeah. That, that happened to me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Afterwards, after I came out, I learned how to study. I learned how exactly. I learned, man, once you figure that out. Yeah. They teach you how to work yourself. Exactly. And, and exactly. if you don't, and that's intimidating if you don't know how you work, and especially if no one's there trying to help you. Yeah. When you when we get around each other, it's like, hey man, I, I can see you. Not only that, I know what you're capable of. And yeah, let's make this happen. Exactly. Exactly. Spot on. It's powerful. Well, I love yes, what sir. you're doing, the podcast and the new book and everything. The even the unexpected. I want to watch that when we when we get yeah, on this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah check that's it out. awesome. Anything else that you want to talk about? I think that's it. Make sure everybody, they could, uh, uh, you know, make sure honor, let's honor our veterans. I'm not sure when this is coming out, but I make it, but my hope is that, you know, people who listen in will honor um, our brothers and sisters and, uh, and, you know, just, just, you know, look at the good in our nation. There's so much good, goodness in, in America and just, uh, let's, uh, and that goodness has been provided for, you know, people worn in uniform. So, yeah. That's for sure. Well, the best is the, the, when we all get out, we start honoring our own brothers and sisters to put the yeah. work in. Amen. I mean, just showing what they do. That's, that's the best part. Can Amen. you tell our listeners your social media handle, how to follow you and how to look up your YouTube? Yeah, yeah. So um, Remy Adelike, R-E-M-I-A-D-E-L-E-K-E. And that's across the platform. So uh, all the platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, YouTube, LinkedIn, um, uh, and then my link tree to all of my uh, different websites, the Tenderfoot TV podcast is uh, that's in my link tree on all my social media platforms as well. Um, so uh, yeah, yeah, awesome. pretty straightforward. I, I got an that, easy bro. name. I got I got a unique name, so it doesn't have to be official Remy Adelaide. It's just Remy. <laughs> <laughs> there, no yeah, there is no one around running around with your handle. Yeah, yeah, nobody else. Nobody else. That's <laughs> yeah. that, that that's cool. That's that's cool, man. Yeah. 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 You got great. hooked up on that one. Well, thanks again for coming on, brother man. Hey, thank, thank you for you, everything brother. that you do. Yeah. God bless you, man. God bless you too. God bless you, you and your brother. And uh tell your brother also thank you for his service up in uh I DC. will, man. I'll get up yeah. there and kick him in the ass, make sure he's doing his job. He just yes, come sir. back. He was yeah. with them. Their birthday was the other day. And oh yeah, I saw that. Happy birthday, man. Happy birthday, <laughs> both of you guys. I saw that on social media. They keep coming around. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Birthdays, I know. Bro. Like we're climbing it up now. Well, that's a good thing. <laughs> right? I, that's what somebody said earlier. We yeah. you know, team guys, we're not supposed to live past 40. And if we do, they yeah. were like, damn, now what do we do? Well, we're gonna try and outlive everybody else, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Oh, we'll follow the back pains. That's it, man. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, thank you. Have a good yeah. one. Have a great weekend. We really appreciate you coming. Thank out. you. God bless you all. And uh, we will see. Thank you, you brother. Thanks for having me. Yeah. All right, Remy. Thank you for listening. All right.
With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.